So, today, Aaron, welcome to the Two Opinion Guys podcast. Uh, you didn't do it all dramatic, like... I'm Marshall, and this is <laughs> our host, Aaron. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's a wine night, so we're subdued. Mm. So we gave it away of what yeah. we're drinking. Gosh, Aaron, last time trying was... to trying to make it a mystery here, so people don't know. Like they they ask me a lot, what's in, what was in the mug tonight? Now you're just giving it away. Mm, okay, well. so you can see the little eh, right here, the little tip. That's that's the hint. Now I guess the guess would be from where is this wine? Maybe that's you're what the wine ask. snob. I'm not even a venture. Yeah, well, I'm drinking it out of a mug, so I don't know how much of a snob I can be. It tastes like wine. I don't know if it's good or bad. Yeah, well, it's good. I can. I mean, it's it's not great. It's good. It's pretty good. It's got notes. It's got notes. So today, that's just one. Weren't you just ripping on me for <laughs> making up terms for? Oh, wine? I like how you're trying to downplay it now. Like you've stepped up in the last couple of years somehow, and you're downplaying your bouginess. Because before, when you weren't no, I, really stepped up in life, you were trying to pretend you were bougie. And you were talking about wine and mm-hmm. making up words, and now you're acting like that never happened. No, that was to be funny. Oh, and that, well, how would anybody ever know? I don't know. You made yourself into a wine. I snack. think what happens is there's a lot of jokes that happen in my head, and I play them out, and sometimes nobody else gets them but me, and I laugh about them later. Or sometimes you say things that nobody knows is a joke, and then you leave it alone for years, and you don't understand that person now thinks that's a true thing about you. Oh my gosh! So that's mm-hmm. a hilarious story. Uh, the interview that we did with Javon, Lindsay introduced us and she's like, Oh, you should totally have Javon on. And if you remember the episode, we did like, we did it all and then it didn't record and he's in Japan. And so we have to totally redo it. And I was like, Oh my, that that was a devastating night. And I told you the next day and you're like, huh? Okay. (laughs) And I was like dreading telling him. And so I told him and then we redid it and it went really well. I thought it was a great podcast and Mm -hmm. he was a great guest and he thought we were respectful and, Anyway, Lindsay asked how it went, and I said, oh, it went terrible. <laughs> and I and I just left it there. And she was so mad. And I talked to Brandon, and I thought, you know, well, their husband and wife, they talked. No, they, they didn't. And she, ju- I was just talking to her this weekend. She's like, I was so mad about that. She goes, he didn't say he was joking or anything about it. <laughs> Did she not ask you to clarify nope. like, what went Oh, that, really? That, yeah, that's her fault. This yeah. is why I put it well, back that's on, on her. her. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah. so um, I'm not totally to blame. No. Yeah, she just... She just went on thinking it was bad. And then later, I think I clarified, like, I don't know, it must have been like three weeks later. I was like, no, it went bad. I was kind of joking. I mean, it did because it didn't, we didn't record it and we had to re-record it. That's the bad part. But no, we're, she goes, I have to apologize to him for you. And I'm so embarrassed. I'm not even, I sh-. and because of it, she goes, I haven't listened to a single one of your podcasts because oh, of that. You lost us a fan. Good <laughs> well, job. Ironically, her daughter's list- listens. So, well, that's good. Yeah, that was an interesting one because that was us learning a lot. But I also realized, hey, maybe a second podcast is a good thing. It's like taking it was, a it was a good warm up, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. we didn't know what we could have asked. And and it was Zoom. Zoom's always I hate Zoom. I hate Zoom. I know. I'm glad that's over. Mm-hmm. Hope that's over for good. Well, so uh, Shane texts me. He's like, "Hey, do you want to do a follow up? The book's out now, and it's doing well." And you know, the, the COVID operation one, right? That's what it's called. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I mean, are you going to be out here? Because I'd really like to do it in person. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm not flying right now because I refuse to wear a mask. Mm. I'm like, okay. So if we ever follow up on that one, then uh, yeah, we got to zoom that one in. Sure. As long as it's not for Corona, I don't care. Distance is one thing. People don't want to be, like if your neighbor down the street didn't want to be on because. And he's like two houses away. Yeah. Where, yeah. Then no, he's I out. Yeah. Not doing it. 
totally get it. Okay, well, we haven't even gotten to the subject yet. What what are we talking about today? Do we have a subject? Yeah, we have a subject. Yeah. We do, do we ever have a real subject? Well, yeah. I mean, we kind of have a, an outline and then we go wherever. I was just talking to somebody else today um, that, well, I have two other people I was talking to. One's going to definitely play into the subject matter, but the other one I was talking to, he's like, yeah, I was listening to your podcast. It was really good. And you guys bounce around a lot, which is great. Mm-hmm. It was just like a natural conversation. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I go, do we bounce around that much? I feel like everything that I told myself coming into doing this was like, I want to have a format and some bullet points, and then mm-hmm. pretty much went out the window. And yeah, turned format into just, and bullet points sounds just, gross. That's not... Just turned into like basically how we would talk mm-hmm. behind closed doors. Um, I like behind closed doors. Do, yeah. you, do you think... Here, so here, here's the question. Yeah. This is what we're going off today, and spiderweb and anywhere we want. Mm-hmm. But do you think people are open to changing their minds? Well, I guess a, a question to start with is, when was the last time you think you changed your you mind? You asked a very similar question to this um, about whether I ever thought, like, I could change my mind on Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But anytime I've ever changed my mind, well, I would hope that that happens often and when I'm wrong. But today, I, I was meeting with somebody at breakfast, and uh, he is a Democrat, and I'm a Republican, mm-hmm. and he was very much outspoken about, like, he can't believe that anybody would vote for Donald Trump. Like he goes, I just can't understand why anybody would do that. And I said, well, you know, I'm an avid Trump supporter, right? And he's like, yeah, I do. And <laughs> I said, well, one of the things that I think is great, and I would love to talk about it, I go, but the, the hard part is nobody wants to have a conversation. Nobody wants to have a civil conversation about it. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, I'm willing to. And I said, well, great. So am I. This sounds awesome. Can we do like a separate be- breakfast with this? And I cannot believe you didn't immediately pitch the podcast to this guy. Uh, what the heck, dude? You have <laughs> pitched so... You, you practically pitch homeless people off the street if they are willing to talk to you. Like, come on the podcast. And then you finally get a Democrat who's willing to have a conversation. And you're like, let's have another breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the next time then, I'll, oh, then I'll pitch it on there. You probably already had the conversation, though. No, so I didn't have the conversation. I'll know if it's not real organic Okay, I see. It's a rehash. So, so I just said, okay, fine, we'll leave it alone because we got to get to business matters. But I said, uh, but real quick, before I leave that alone, what's your opinion on abortion? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to like dive into that. And I don't want to put words in his mouth, but when you talk about changing your mind, he did ask me something today. And we had a little bit of, you know, back and forth. And he really got me thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I, I got to go do my research on that. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk about that later in another episode about abortion. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to get into it right now. So but you aren't going to drop the fact, the thing that got you thinking? No, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you oh, just gosh. simmer. You're going to uh, lens yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I didn't necessarily change my mind, but I'm open to it being changed by him, you know, getting me to think. And I, I think one of the things that was awesome about that is he comes from a different mindset. He comes from a different political party. Yet we can have that discussion. I go, look what I can learn and walk away from. Either I learn, I'm going to go do my research and find something out, and I'm completely wrong in my viewpoint. Well, I don't know about completely wrong, semi-wrong in my viewpoint. Or I'm going to find something out, and it's right, and then I might be able to change his mind on the viewpoint. But that happens from people having, mm-hmm. you know, a, a just a civil conversation. But do you ever find yourself going into a conversation with momentum in your own direction. That is you 100%. And, and so, and You're I see describing that, yourself. I see that with you all the time, but I catch myself doing it too. And I go, mm-hmm. how many people, I do consider myself a person who challenges my own viewpoints from time to time. I try to really critically think through them and go, is this, does this run all the way to the end of the spectrum, right? Can I run this out mm-hmm. under all circumstances? Does it hold up? 
Because if I can find a loophole in there that doesn't make sense or renders my entire argument like illogical, I'm like, well, that's embarrassing. Imagine if someone else caught me doing that, right? Right. So, so, but what I find Your is ideology like, has to hold out. Through. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and because there's a lot of things people say that you can tell it's like a talking point and it under the least amount of scrutiny, it falls apart. Mm-hmm. And you go, they haven't figured that out. And it's embarrassing because you're like, dang, dude, like you really didn't think that through and you're just really married to that idea. Mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest fear is going into conversations and having someone just gently be like, but what about this little fact? And you're like, oh, that's embarrassing. So do you feel like you're that person that, you know, it can, your mind can be changed easily or is your, or does it take a little bit of work? I feel like it could be changed easily, but it isn't changed often, which is a weird thing to say. So I would I, go with no then. Well, I don't know because I feel like I'm open to new ideas, but I think the problem that you realize that I realize is you get into an echo chamber. And I think mm-hmm. e- despite your best efforts, I know that I make an effort not to be in an echo chamber all the time. A, a lot of people who politically lean differently than me don't want to talk a lot, right? Mm-hmm. They get really hostile or they just shut down or they don't want to talk. So that makes it hard. But then you surround yourself with people who tend to have like views and that puts you in an echo chamber. Are, are you surrounded by people with like views though? I think so. I mean, yeah, I don't think so. No, I, I wouldn't say surrounded by, but the people who I am able to have long conversations with most, which there's only a handful of those people. So here's what I think. Um, I, I think when you're a decent debater, you're articulate in um, the way that you form your conversation slash your argument, you know, sometimes it's your, your mind gets changed less often because you're able to state your case a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And so I think somebody like you, you're, you're able to go, you know, you're able to weed through some of um, what somebody else is saying to you and poke holes in it really quickly. So they might be right, but because you poked holes in their idea, mm-hmm. your mind's not getting changed. Yeah. And so that's why your mind doesn't get changed often. Well, I think that's an interesting point too, because I think I watched a, an Amazon documentary on Jordan Peterson, who, as you know, is a guy that I listen to a lot and I follow You were him. listening to it today in the car when I got in. Yeah. I found a lecture from 2014. And I was like, I got to hear this whole I thing. I loved it. Cause what I say right immediately, yeah, it sounds irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. based off the Immediately thing. you were on your phone. Typical Marshall. And uh, one thing he said, because he is obviously a really smart guy, he taught, um, uh, what is it, psychology at Harvard for 10 years. Clinical psychology. Yeah. And he's a really educated guy, reads a lot. He's wrote wrote 12 Rules for Life. I mean, the guy's a really well thought out guy. And he talks about his wife and he said, you want to be married to someone who will contend with you. You don't Mm -hmm. want someone who's just going to appease you or give you what you want. He's like, you're wanting your partner somebody to contend with. And I thought, oh man, that's weird. Who would contend with you? Right, because you're a super smart guy. Oh yeah, I would. That and, would be a fun and he, to, to try. Like you know, like if you ever want to play one on one basketball, and you go, "Well, I'd love to play with the greats." I get whooped, but I'd, like that would be fun to try to debate. Yeah. You know, Jordan yeah. Peterson, knowing that you'd probably get schooled, but it would just totally be fun. and embarrassed, even if you agreed with him somehow. <laughs> and, and so he talked about arguments with his wife, and his wife is in the movie a little bit. I've never seen her before, but she's really soft spoken. Movie, uh, documentary. Sorry. sorry. Okay. And uh, she's really soft-spoken, and I remember doubling down and going, yeah, there's no way this lady would be able to beat him in an argument, so how did they have such a happy marriage? And he said, you have to be able to recognize that just because you have an ability to articulate yourself really quickly and strongly does not mean you're right, and you mm. need to slow down and go, okay, maybe that's not their skill set, but their, their points are still valid, and you need to find a way to hear them out. And I'm not, mm. a, I'm not a super articulate person, but I do find that more often than not, I go, if I can twist their words around into a mm-hmm. knot, then I'm like, I win. Yep. Right? But then you walk away and you're like, did I I just won. I didn't learn anything. We've said that about you before, or I've said that about you before. Like I've I've learned to 
win some arguments with you because sometimes you just have to get, I have to get out of the way whatever you're trying to get at first. Yeah. And there was one the other day where I'm like, no, I already agree with you. And I'm like, oh, okay. You were like all ready to go. You, yeah, you were like, you're postured up and I just put that to bed and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, we can talk about that now. And immediately it takes me down a notch, right? When you're just like, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it just like dissolves all my arguments away mm-hmm. that I go, I was prepared to do battle. <laughs> and then sometimes I think we've had where you just like are really trying to be convincing of something. And then I go, hey, man, is this something you even really want? Like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I mean, because I think there was some, you know, you wanted to hire somebody back and I, 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 like I was just so against it. And so were some other people. And I said, no, no. And then you kept fighting for it for like a week. Mm-hmm. And then finally, like, fine, if you feel this strongly. And you're like, I don't know if I want them. Yeah. And then that day, I think I was like, nah, never mind. This will be a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone laughed at me for that. But I think this gets to the point of changing your mind because I think that for me, I go, am I missing a lot of opportunities to change my mind because I'm too busy trying to win arguments? You know, and I could be susceptible to that. And I do think, to going back to your point, I do think I'm in a little bit of an echo chamber. And I think if you listen to the results of the election in your peer group, which I, I work with people who are Democrats and left-leaning and there's some just straight-up Trump haters up there too. And hearing their points and not trying to get too political at work, unlike you. Um, I, Listen, hear, I don't try to get too political. I just want to know what your political beliefs are. You're right. As your boss, I want to know where you stand. Yeah. And listening to their points of view, I find myself going, okay. There's but a- not on the major stuff. Just, you know, on which party, mm-hmm. abortion, you know, taxes. Mm-hmm. Just the little things. <laughs> the little things. But I, I find that what I, what they want is sort of what I want. And I'm actually surprised about that. Which should they go, hey, man, we want to see the recount. We want to make sure democracy is intact. And I think, um, you know, it makes me realize there's probably some conversations there to be had. Um, I am curious. But you can tell, too, when you talk to somebody and immediately they get really, really emotional. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a disturbing thing because you go, oh, there's you're not a human right now. You're just... A, you're just a bundle of ideas. Well, I think that's where, you know, people that are better at having conversations can get people emotional. And when you get emotional, you don't think rationally. Mm-hmm. And so if you can get somebody that like best just by spinning their words or spinning their words sounds negative, but using their words against them, mm-hmm. you know, what whatever they said and it didn't like there were some holes in their 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 thought process, so you just kind of poke those holes and it gets them irritated and then they can't they can't think about it. There's you know, Steven Crowder does a change my mind. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I was just going to say that. Do you watch that? Well, I was going to say somebody who I work with today was like, yeah. And I think he's a Democrat, but he's like, I listen to Steven Crowder because he's like, it's really hard to like argue with. He's so calm and his logic is mm-hmm. he always backs it up. And he's like, it makes it hard to disagree with him. And I'm like, oh, I want to be like that. Do you, do you think he ever changes his mind? I know he did one time. He put a thing out on it. Probably. Probably less so because. Do you know what he changed his mind on? No. The Tesla. <laughs> he's like changed my mind people always ask if my mind got changed and it did on the tesla and they, what about the tesla i don't know he hated them and then he drove it and oh. he like was like this thing's awesome i guess hmm. plug for tesla that's not really a big changing of the mind not impressed right well it wasn't political i'm not sure if he would admit to that i think what think what he tries to do a lot in there and you'll hear this come out of his mouth which i, I think is a good phrase to use when talking with people when going you know whether you want their mind changed or they're trying to change yours is let's see if we can find common ground Mm-hmm. He uses that terminology all the time. Is there common ground that we can mm-hmm. come to? Because if you can get there, then you can start to build a conversation. Or work backwards. Yeah, yeah. And go, this is what we agree on. Where do we where do we part ways? And I think that that's something that I I don't focus on as much as I should, you know, because there are times where I go, no, I genuinely feel like we do agree on something, but we're never going to get there because I just want to fight you about this 
particular subject or talking point, or I find it really annoying that you're so opinionated about this one thing, so I'm going to go in on you about that one thing. But I do find, and I think this the, the election is kind of, you know, I know we're not trying to be super political these days, but... Well, just during election time. No, I, that was one of the questions I was going to ask on there. But yeah, We, just, we just chose to be anti-political during the biggest political time. I know. Interesting that we did this. Well, because, you know, I think everything... It, politics is just ingrained in everything that we do right now. I mean, we mm -hmm. talked about that, and people are asking, is your show always political and I said no no it's not and, you know we just talked about religion but that plays into politics mm -hmm. right now it doesn't really matter what the sub that, that would be a challenge right now come up with something that you think I can't spin into it being politicized oh that's a losing battle yeah exactly. literally everything could music yeah. could be spun See? into there, it. Yeah. capitalism capitalism yeah but I, I think that I'm realizing that there are more people in the center than I thought and you know I think 70 million people voted for Donald Trump and I'm assuming 70 plus million voted for Biden doesn't sound right to me but the point is, a lot of people in a pretty even number on both sides, so you realize, oh, there is some opposing views, but obviously in your day-to-day -day interactions, you don't find a lot of you know, hostility and you're not like me and I'm not like you. There's a lot more common ground in day-to-day -day life, so you go, where's all that common ground in politics and in, in all these arguments? And you realize that it just is ideological dissent. That's all it really turns into. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, one of the things that I think happens, we talked about this a little bit today with somebody, that you get into politics and then you, do you start to lose connection with the real world? You just, you, because that's what you're indoctrinated into, mm -hmm. you know, you're just surrounded by other political people. So you kind of have to be political and it's hard to get away from that. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about uh, the stimulus today because we said, you know, economy is kind of slowing down just a hair and somebody said, well, they're going to send out another stimulus. And I said, well, please don't send you another $600 unemployment thing and yeah. somebody was asking well why not because that's just it, it they work against each other the the pay plan protection act wants to hire it incentivizes businesses to hire people but then you also at the same time incentivize them to stay at home and on unemployment mm -hmm. I mean they kind of work against each other which I understand they both serve good purposes but you know it it's a struggle for some of these small businesses and then that's what sparked the do the do the people in politics how do they stay grounded how do they get connected with these small businesses and, you know, the Joe Biden's I'm for the working class. And mm -hmm. even, I mean, Donald Trump's, you know, I'm, I'm for the worker. How? I mean, when they're mm -hmm. so far removed, mm -hmm. how would they even get on the ground level to understand what we go through? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I think that's, I think another thing that made me willing to disconnect from politics a little bit during the election is a, it's like hyper political right now. I mean, there's nothing anybody's talking about. That's how, Oh, it's hyper political an election. Yeah. Duh. COVID and politics. Is, Do you think, Oh, and in 2020 sucks. That's the three things. COVID yeah. politics. And that's COVID. one thing you can't change my mind on. Will you change anybody's mind? The 2020 sucks. Yeah. I, it'd be, it'd be a hard case, dude, unless you lived through the depression and then maybe all those people are sucks alive. less than the depression. I'm sure. Yeah. But I think everybody would agree. 2020 sucks. Absolutely. But Except I, if unless you won the NBA championship, then maybe you're like, "Yay, we won!" During and how 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 good do you feel you know, about that? Do you like, feel like that's a like a, a asterisk on the win for that year? Oh, totally. And and like um, scrolling through you know Instagram and seeing LeBron James is like LA this, and I'm like, but who cares? There's like 12 people in the seats. You know how many people ask me? They're like, "Oh, who who won? Who won no, the that's NBA me. championship?" I totally disconnected from mm -hmm. sports. Uh, who won the World Series? Uh, LA. Uh, okay, you knew that. Yeah, I knew because LeBron mentioned it in his tweet that yeah. LA was like the sports town this year. Yeah. And so but, that, does that mean an LA team is going to win NFL? No, because that Super Bowl is in 2021, so it doesn't mm. matter. Well, I think in disconnecting from politics a little bit, it's kind of made me realize like how much I went down that rabbit hole a little bit because it's been a really 
like hostile political four years polarizing and as much as we you know were pro donald trump and we were fighting for him the whole time in some regards i think sometimes it's good to take a breath and go okay let me reevaluate this whole thing like let me really reevaluate what are you putting your stock in what are you putting your faith in right where am i putting my energy and i realized i think this election made me go okay if he loses like that sucks and i have to contend with that and i go okay great so how do i get behind politics and how am i still as engaged in politics when a candidate who I don't support is in office for the next four years, there's a little bit of defeat that goes with that, a little bit of disconnect, and That's I go, "Holy I like crap! I have wrapped a lot of myself up into politics in the last four years, and maybe that's not the best idea." You know, that's interesting that you bring that up because I think uh, Donald Trump brought the common man as as much as he's not common, right? He's a mm-hmm. celebrity that's got you know uh, millions of dollars, one of the richest people in in, in the world, but. You know, he he brought it to like you don't have to be a politician to be the president of the United States mm-hmm. to get into politics, and I think you saw quite a few people on the local level running for politics who were never in it before, and mm-hmm. I think that inspired quite a few people to not only get involved but also get into it and follow it. I, I'm yeah. not sure I would follow it as much either, uh, but he got me really into that. My son's crazy into it, and yeah. a lot of people I know at least they're talking about it. So whether you were for him or against him, it got people talking about it way more yeah and so that is a great question where do you think we go from not just we like where does a lot of people go like those politic i mean as much as people don't half this country doesn't like the right wing Mm -hmm. some of these right wing news media outlets have done better than they've ever done Mm -hmm. these last four years and you go okay are they gonna are they gonna like deteriorate what's gonna happen with those well, and, go, and going back to when was the last time you had your mind change, I mean, that was a little bit of a moment for me where I go, holy crap, I spent a lot of time and energy and invested a lot of mental energy into crafting my political acumen to defend the right or Trump or it was always like preparing for an argument against the next leftist who would talk to me or if I, you know, I don't know. I was just trying to sharpen my mind in that sort of arena. Mm -hmm. And now I go, well, Biden gets in. I kind of don't really care anymore. Like I don't want to argue about it. It's just, it's. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. And I think, you know, when you're talking about uh, when, when have I ever changed my mind? I've, Mm -hmm. I've had to learn a little bit of what you talked about earlier. I've had to learn to be wrong go into a situation and go, okay, it's okay if I'm not right, because sometimes I just want to argue it because I want to be right. Mm-hmm. And some of my most influential people that surround me have told me, Marshall, do you, do you always have to be right? And that's, you know, there's some comments that get made in your life that really stick with you and mm-hmm. that you don't really want made about you. And that's one, you don't want to go, no, I, I'm not the person that always has to be right. I don't want that. Yeah. Somebody else said, it's, oh, it's your way or the highway. No, that is not the person I want to be. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's the person that I'm perceived to be. And mm-hmm. so you have to consciously work on that. Well, you and I have mentioned it before that sometimes through the lens of work, we're, you know, layering in so thick into our lives. We take that home and then it's like, you don't want to hear the new fresh idea at home because you're like, ah, I already got that all figured out. And it's like, no, you have to shut that off sometimes and be like a normal human being. And I think that that is, that's another area that I do, do the same thing where I go, yeah, I'm not the boss at home. I'm not the boss of my family. right? Like, Or even when you're in like a friend setting, like sometimes I just naturally take the lead and they're like, you're not the boss of me outside of work. Yeah. Just so you know. Or, like, or even in, uh, or even at work sometimes. I mean, you've in the last couple of days called me, I've been like, Hey man, like you seem like you've got a little bit of an edge and attitude. And I go, yeah, I think I'm just busy beelining towards some goal that I've made up in my head without including anybody else in. And so it's like anything else is just in my way, Mm. you know, and I go, no, that's not a healthy way to be. Um, Going back to, you know, kind of tying in politics a little bit because it is important. I think this year, uh, talking about things you've changed your mind on, um, 
one thing about right-wing politics is, and th- I love it because the left is throwing it in our face right now because it's like, uh, what is it, the party of um, taking responsibility is now not, you know, we're not basically implying we don't own it, that we lost, like just accept it and move on, right? Okay, with the exception, I, and I ha- this has to be stated, that the left um, and all the right, or the, all the left people that disagree with me, that's fine, but this is factual. Since the second that Donald Trump got elected, they claimed election interference for a good part of three years. Mm-hmm. And now when we're like, hey, let's just make sure it's right, they're like, there can't be election interference. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Like, uh, we're just trying to make sure it's right. And there's no writing going on. But in fairness, I mean, the the right was always like, well, Donald Trump got in, stopped being a bunch of crybabies. And now that our guy is in question, we're like, well, hold on, let's think about this. Which I think you have to base it on some facts, and the facts are the votes aren't counted, so I think that's the right way to go, whether it's mm-hmm. a left, right or a left-wing president in question. Nobody wants a corrupt. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. If, if Biden won or Democracy's Trump won, the most important yeah, thing. we want to make sure we don't have a corrupt election. And when you drop that ballot off, and it's just in a mail slot, and it's a piece of paper, and you're like, we're so far advanced in technology in this world, and you're like, this is what it comes down to? Yeah. How is this not fraudulent? Well, a lot of people go, oh, I don't, you know, trust like online stuff. Online's corruptible. And it's like Joe Rogan said, he's like, but dude, you're literally drawing on a piece of paper with a marker. Like, <laughs> how could that be any less corruptible than like an online thing? Um, but going back to it, you know, they say take responsibility and they're throwing that in our face. And I think a right wing virtue is like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like the hierarchy will sort itself out. Like competence is the most important thing. And, um, I've always kind of abided by that where I thought, yeah, life is just a series of competence hierarchies, like whether it's in sports or in work or in your home or whatever, it's like, that's how life sorts itself out. And so I was kind of like worshiping at the altar of competency hierarchies and going, that is the best way to sort the world. And something I've kind of discovered in the last, because I've really worked hard to challenge that because I go, that seems pretty vicious, like a vicious world to just base it on like merit and viciousness and, and this idea that yes, that's true, and you will win, and you, in the, you will generally do something that you're really good at because it's good to be the winner, right? So mm-hmm. like your job, you're good at, so you've risen to the top, and that's good. But it's good for people who rise to the top of these hierarchies, or like I said, worship at the altar of hierarchies, to understand there's a whole bunch of people at the base who aren't winning, right? And some of which can never win at anything ever. So. IQs are low, or they just don't apply themselves to whatever. And you have to pay attention to them, too. And that is a very democratic left-wing idea, which is go to the bottom of the higher of civilization's hierarchies, help those people out. And I'm not, I was never against helping people out, but I've always just been a big believer in let the hierarchy sort itself out. And if you suck in one hierarchy, you move on to a new thing and figure out what you're good at. Survival of the fittest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think but what... Sounds mean. But what the point of it is, is that if you leave too many people out in the fringe to fend for themselves and they don't have the ability to, that will overthrow the hierarchy because I think people will be unhappy that they can't win at anything. And I think a lot of this, you know, the one percenters. Is, is that why we just handed out trophies to everybody? Because we've had so many people not winning at anything, we just said, fine, everybody wins. I think that's a version of that. I think that's a left-wing ideology gone bad. I think the better option is find something they are good at. Do you, you know, we're talking about things that, you know, uh, many you were wrong. Do you, do you do you disagree with the handing out trophies to everybody? Oh yeah, like adamantly, hundred percent. For sure. There's there's no way you think like in any circumstance when there is a sports activity that everybody should get a trophy. It should be it should be for the winners. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear you say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, 
we're gonna we're gonna look back at this episode, but let's just fast forward. Are we gonna say it's, it didn't age well or something? No, I'm just curious because you know that it's easy to stay say and make that statement, and I'm a believer in it as well. But when you have your kid mm-hmm. that is in the sport in sports, and maybe he's not very good, and you know, there's a way to be called out. You know, I, maybe I'm a little bit more harsh than others. I'm like, well, you sucked, and that's why you didn't win. So, and then mm-hmm. and then my wife's like, you don't have to put it like that, and you know, you could. Maybe you could phrase it a little bit better and, hey, not, you don't always win, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're never winning and you're just like, that trophy just really means something to you. But the reality is there's, you're just, you're just not that good. So you never mm-hmm. will get it. Mm-hmm. But that one moment in time when you're like, you know what, we're going to go to this easy, this easy competition that everybody gets a trophy. And for that <laughs> one time, he feels good. I mean. See, I'm not You're, you're going to be there in, in, I don't know, five, six to seven years from now when your son is... Unless COVID gets worse and sports are <laughs> We just canceled sports all together. Then we're not America. Then we're moving or something's changing. We're redrawing well, hey, boundaries. We that. may not be America soon, so who knows? That, dude, oh my gosh. I could go in so many directions with that if sports were not a thing in the United States. That is, I don't, I don't know. What, what is so good about sports? What do you mean? Like what? Like just like why do you think America? A general gl- question. Why do you think? Well, you obviously love sports, and and I well, I, 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 I look like at it sports. as a phase in my life where I was really into it. Like I remember I used to bet on sports, and I was super into oh, all these like seasons. Problem. Yeah, I probably did, and then mm-hmm. I just feel like th- things overtook my life, and I grew out of it, and I don't pay attention anymore. Mm-hmm. Curious from your perspective, what is so important about them? Because obviously they've stuck in your life. Well, I, I think I, I like sports because they're entertaining. Not I like because the 49ers win much, that's for sure. They went to the Super Bowl, so that was called winning a lot. <laughs> in 89 just, under Joe Montana. Just, no, they just went this last Super Bowl season. <laughs> oh, did they? I wasn't even What is wrong with you? Oh, did they win? No, they didn't uh, win. But, okay, but you I have don't to, remember that. Wow, that's sad. Okay, I understand they didn't win, and it gets rubbed in my face a lot. I get it, okay? I'm a, sure. I'm a hardcore 49ers fan. I think there was a season they only won two games. I watched every single one of those oh. games. Brutal. Okay, I will. I don't, I don't like really like to miss, or I didn't like to miss a game. Yes, they lost the Super Bowl, but they had to win a lot of games to get there. So mm-hmm. yes, they lost the major game, but they won a lot. Anyway, I I love to play sports. I think it's it's a fun way to exercise rather than just going out there and going. I'm going to exercise for like an mm-hmm. hour and CrossFit. Yeah, do and that's, recreational. That's yeah. not fun for me. But if I, if somebody's like, hey, you could get like a workout by playing basketball and have fun, then I'd go, yeah, I'll do that. On a side note, when I started to do CrossFit, and I realized it's a huge stigma, and people think like douchebags do CrossFit. Yeah, and you yeah. proved that point. One yeah. time, when but somebody goes, you know what CrossFit is? It is the sport of working out, and I go. Oh, that's really embarrassing. Because it's yeah. not like a real sport. It's like it's the it's, sport of working out. It's like when, you know, poker's on ESPN and mm-hmm. they're like, that's not a sport. And you're like, oh, it's on ESPN. Yeah. So I bowed my head in shame a little bit more that day. Yeah. Well, I, so I like to play sports. I think I, I like to, um, I like to, everybody likes to cheer for something. I think you like to latch on to something. And for me, you know, it's a little bit of where I grew up and it's a little nostalgia for me. In, I grew up in California, and so it's something I hold on to. I don't hold on to a lot from California, thank God. Mm-hmm. And I, the 49ers were one of them. I used to watch them when I was a kid, and, and, and now I root for them. And it's something I can pass along to my kids. And last year was one of the most fun years I've, I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, 49ers went to the Super Bowl, I think it was like six years ago, and or maybe seven years ago, something around there. And I, I had everybody over. We watched the game, and they lost that Super Bowl as well. I remember turning off the TV and was like, everybody get out. And I just laid on the couch and I didn't feel good. And I was like, this <laughs> feeling sucks. And I was like, I can't even do anything. I don't, I have no control over the team. I don't manage it. I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. Mm-hmm. I was like, this feeling is stupid. I'm never going to feel this way. I can't let sports control me. Mm-hmm. So 
fast forward, I'm really into it. My kids are into it. They're watching every single game last season. We went to the Super Bowl. We lost Super Bowl. I didn't feel the same way. I was like, mm-hmm. eh, okay, well, they lost. And, you know, my son was like, Dad, we had a fun season, though. That was fun. And I was like, mm. you're right. It was a lot of fun. And so, so that changed in you that late in life? That's how long it took for me to get, like, I'm just saying, like, a few years ago, you said it was, like, the most devastating thing. And fast forward two years. And you're, you're not. Like five years ago. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like that came on late in life that you had that. Well, they didn't. They don't go to the Super Bowl all the time, sir. So it had. To, it took them going to the Super Bowl, all this stuff built up, and then them losing, and me going. I just poured everything I had, which was not much, you know, into watching this and and like rooting for this team that I have no control over. And for why? Like, why does it even matter? Mm-hmm. You go on the next day, and like a month later, people are like, "Oh yeah, who won the Super Bowl? And who cares?" Right? Mm-hmm. And. So I, 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 did, I go, I just don't want it to control my life. Why is mm-hmm. it controlling my feelings? Kind of like, yeah. you know, anger can or anything, you, you go, that just shouldn't control it. Well, I, th- I think that's a good point. I think that that's, that's kind of me through this election. This election was my Super Bowl. Yeah. And it didn't, so far anyway, it's a highly contested game, but it didn't go my way, right? And I went, wow, that sucks. And I go, but I can't let it ruin the next four years of my life. And also, like... It doesn't control you. And, and also, I realized that I go, well, if Joe Biden wins, but... The Republicans keep the Senate and if they do. It, right, if they do, and the Supreme Court and all that. And I go, then he's basically rendered useless. And I go, so it doesn't really matter either way. Even if they don't, which it's a possibility they don't, right? Sure. I mean it depends on if you talk to my son, then everything is still going Donald Trump's way. But mm-hmm. you know, he's got um he's got some insider knowledge that I'm not paying attention to. And <laughs> what's that? He's tapped in. He's ta- yeah, or of something. But I do get my news from him a lot. But I think in anything in life, you have to, when you put your, uh, when you put your arguments or whatever it is that you're, you're pointing to and you, you know, you go, Hey, has my mind ever been changed? A lot of what you do in life is opinion based. Mm-hmm. The 49ers are the best, right? And you mm-hmm. could say, well, I mean, in your opinion, and I'd go, well, they sold, I mean, they won five Super Bowls and, you know, they made it to seven and. You'd go, yeah, well, Steelers won six, and you know the mm-hmm. Patriots won more, and I'd go, yeah, but the Patriots weren't good until later on in life without Tom Brady. This, I mean, there's, there's, this is debatable, right? Sure, it's debatable, and that's most things in life are semi-debatable. Should your kid get a trophy if he's feeling bad and really sad? I don't know. It's debatable. Like I, we have some hard stances on it, but I think for me in my life, I have, I have a singular truth that I can always go to, and so for me that helps center me. I can go, you know what? No matter what. The only faith that I have, I put in God, because I believe that he's the creator, and I know mm-hmm. not, not everybody shares this opinion, but I go, that's a truth I can go back to no matter what. So when I start to put my faith in a, a sports team, and mm-hmm. I go, yeah, and then they suck, and then I feel bad, and I go, that mm-hmm. kind of controlled my life, but that's because that's an inconsistency. And then when you go to the election, and I get so caught up in it, and very political, and a, a lot of my friends always go to me for political advice. They're like, is this true? Could this really happen? They'll ask me things, and I'm like... I don't know all the answers, but they know that that's how political I am. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, supposedly Trump lost and Biden won, allegedly, they're like, how are you doing? Are yeah. you doing okay? Yeah. And I'm like, honestly, you know, I'm fine. You know what it is? And, and and that's interesting because I think that what it also made me realize when Trump lost, at least in the moment, I was like, he definitely lost, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like more and more I'm like, I don't have any idea now. Like, it depends on who you, <laughs> what, what news source you're listening to. Yeah, I've stopped, I've stopped paying attention. You, I realized that I was becoming a person who it was becoming a part of my identity. Yeah. And it kind of made me sad when I go, oh, that's gone now. So that part of my identity is gone. And I felt like a sense of loss. And I was like, that's scary that I let, I didn't even realize how far I slipped in that direction. Mm-hmm. 
and because I always used to look at, you know, the quote unquote leftists as the people who were like, you know, Donald Trump win and there's this like meme of like somebody in like a weird beanie, like a liberal, like screaming at the sky. And I go, wow, that seems like your ideology owns you. And I'm glad I'm not that way. And through this election, I go, it's kind of starting to own me a little bit. Yeah, don't be that. Don't be that. I don't love that. You know, Karen in the car screaming. <laughs> yeah. But I think to your point, you have your faith. And I think that that's a really rock solid thing to place your, you know, tab as a foundational thing. It's a, a core belief that doesn't shake no matter what. Well, I, it, I mean, you, you have to remind yourself of that and you're going, okay. And you know, my wife will sometimes go, yeah, but what are the consequences of, you know, Trump losing or whatever, or other people going, oh yeah, but the president can do so much. And you go, yes, but that's not, again, for me, that's not what I put my faith in. And if I start, you know, if I start down this road of going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is shaking my, you know, my, my center and going, okay, I'm, I'm putting my faith in something that mm -hmm. is wrong and I need mm -hmm. to, I need to realign where my head's at. Well, I, I think that through this process and going, okay, maybe my ideology or my identity rather was getting a little wrapped up in politics and I didn't even realize it. It's like, I didn't realize how much I was leaning on having so many political things go my way in the last four years until that crutch was kicked out from under me. And I was like, oh, dang, that was a lot of weight on that thing. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it's forced me to evaluate, wait, what am I building as a foundation? And, you know, we did our podcast a couple of weeks ago about religion and talking through that not sure where i'm at with that but definitely got to find something to get the old donald trump crutch prop back up it's catholicism that's right i gotta talk to dennis he seems like he's got all the answers oh wow that's giving a lot of credit to dennis <laughs> he seems like he's a guy with all the answers I he has a lot of answers i need that crutch. So, no i'm not even gonna say that i'm gonna say he has some answers mm -hmm. and you just and he has quick answers you said all the answers that that's, counts for something Got quick, that's that's confidence. That's yes. what that's called. That's just, that sells, baby. Yeah, I can sell you on whatever. Just if I answer it quick enough with enough confidence and certainty that you're like, yeah, that must be true. I mean, you know how many things you've probably done that, and, and I've definitely done where you just say it with enough certainty. And like, oh yeah, ah. yeah. There's a lot of times that happens. Um, it's amazing how convincing you can be if you're just confident. Yeah, that's true. That's a lot of, and maybe that's another reason why we're decent debaters and why we can you know, convince people that we're right just because we're so confident. In it. Well, you can find a way to glaze over a point where you're like, oh, I hope they don't see the crack and that I'm, I don't know this. You just say it confidently and they just take your word for it. Mm -hmm. um, did you answer the question? What was the last thing was the you, question? that you changed your mind on? Oh, you mean way from the beginning? You did not actually answer that. What was a specific example that I changed my mind on? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I answered it. Because you said... I talked to someone who had an opposing point of view and they gave me something to think about. Well, I, there's a lot of stuff in my life that I, I have changed my mind on. I'm not sure a specific example would be relevant to anybody understanding what, what that circumstance was. But overarchingly, I, I have changed my mind. Mm -hmm. Probably the point would be, am I willing to change my mind? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Do you yeah. feel like it's a, do you feel like you struggle constantly to stay open? Uh, it's something I have to be conscious of. I don't know if I struggle with it, but it's something, you know, you and I talked about you know, our skills and strengths and, mm -hmm. and our weaknesses. And I, you know, we, we talked about, you know, some of the things that we do really well and I've shared some of my weaknesses and I go, you know, I've had to make a conscious effort, whether it's making a list of those things that I've got to check on a daily because that's not something I normally do. Mm -hmm. You know, th those are, that would be something you'd add to the list to go, okay, make sure you're open-minded today. You know, mm -hmm. and you're not just writing somebody off as, because it comes down to the simplest point sometimes. It's not just like, oh, we're having a discussion and it's a healthy debate and then I'll figure out if I'm right or wrong. Like, that's pretty easy to go, well, you know, I was open-minded and I changed my mind, mm -hmm. you know, because you 
put out some good points. It can be as simple as, you know, just when somebody mentions something, you're like, oh, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't even give it a, a, a second thought and then you move on. Mm-hmm. And those would be the, I think that would be bigger than the sit down and let's, let me try to convince you mm-hmm. why I think abortion is wrong and you try to convince me why you think it's right. Yeah. Right. Because that, that's a, like, that's a pretty big debate with some points and counterpoints, but just in your daily life, are you even on the simplest level of going, uh, you know what? I didn't handle that right. And I just shut everybody down that I came in contact with. Oh, you're mm-hmm. dumb. Oh no, that's not right. Oh no, no, this is the way you want to do it. And not once did you go, you know, I'm going to learn something today. Yeah. Yeah. I think that introspection is an important quality in people. And I've said this from, from a long time ago, that as long as I can remember, introspection is a really important quality. Like sitting down at the end of the day or at night or whenever you do your, you know, I don't know, Zen meditation and Every night. And asking yourself, <laughs> truthfully, are you, you know, open to new ideas and are you, are you taking in new information? And I can answer it, by the way, because you just actually made me do it the other day. Okay, what is it? Let's yeah, hear. you said, you go, do you know that you don't come across right? I don't think you're coming across right to a lot of people here. And you're coming across um, very harsh and I don't remember everything you said, but basically I was being a very terrible person. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. basically how you put it. And a morale killer. A morale killer. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> and I mean, you told me some things that and um, I'm going to say a normal human being mm-hmm. like myself, but they're not easy to hear and go, okay, well, and at that point you have to go, I can go, no, you're wrong. And here's why I'm right. And you would be wanting to have that discussion with me maybe at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe not wanting to push it too much because, you know, you can maybe hurt somebody's feelings. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, yeah, no, I think maybe you're right. And and I I think that was a a point where I kind of changed my mind where I'm going... Yeah, because before I was like, I don't really care what they think, and yeah. I can do whatever I want. But you but just it. forced a pause for you yeah. to go. Let me think about it. Well, no, and I was like, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. On yeah. That. Okay, that's fair. That's a good one. I noticed too that you and I do this thing where, and this is what makes me very aware of a confirmation bias that I get when I said echo chambers, and I go, yeah, we kind of are in an echo chamber. Which, is, by the way, somebody commented on it and. And yeah, said yeah. that's exactly where we are. So. Well, thanks a lot, jerk. Yeah, thanks, jerk. What did he say? Cognitive dissonance. He used a lot of big words in there. What was he, like 15? You said, was that his birth year? Yeah, 1999. Mm-hmm. Although that's getting pretty old these days. No, that's 21. Yeah. He can drink. In my mind, he's 15. He was probably drunk. I'm going to blame it. He was born in 99, so he could be drunk. Wow. But, Dang. I, yeah. For some reason, I just... You dude, said, I remember 1999. I was like a, I was like probably 8th grade or ninth grade, and I'm like... Man. I started dating my wife in 1999. Oh, so. Dude, dating us right now. But you and I tend to do this thing where we... You know, we're not picking, you know, yeah, we pick up from like reading books or videos or listening to, you know, whatever, audiobooks or whatever we do. But we tend to get these little snippets, like someone will just say a sentence in passing and we go, oh, and then we carry that with us. And then you'll come to me and go, oh, this person said this thing to me. And you go, yeah, it kind of made me think. And I go, yeah, that's a good way to sort of evaluate things. But it can also be like looking for little things to confirm what your bias already is. And I noticed that a lot of things that you and I talk about, when I rehash them in hindsight, I go, these little snippets of conversations that we go, yeah, I like that. All we're doing is taking things that we already want to confirm and looking for little sound bites, if you will, to confirm. Well, I I admitted this all the time. I'm the best justifier. I can justify almost anything. That is true. And I feel like that is a, it's a detriment almost because I go, I could, I could 
do the worst of the worst. When and you argued for the, the flat earth, I was like, I'm going to guard my pay plan now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I love trying to justify things. And then sometimes I have to go, man, that's a dangerous quality to have, you know, I because then you can justify bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm really good at it. And I can even convince some people of it. And you don't want to be that person that's always justifying yeah, things. Recreational justification. Mm-hmm. Recreational yeah. justification. That's not that's probably that's probably a bad thing to have now that I think about those two words together. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Recreational. Kind of, kind of fun. Sometimes though, don't you just want to argue just for the fun of it because you're like, I just want to prove this. I'm not even agreeing with you. I just want to prove you wrong. Oh yeah. Or if you get somebody who's just easily wound up, I can think of one person off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't have to say much, you just have to pretend you don't I just want to wind mm-hmm. you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That can be fun. And all you can you know, we do a lot of like the you know, we do some training at work and we call, you know, the, the, the repeat after me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that really gets people wound up. I do this to my wife all the time when she'll, she'll say something like, say something, I don't know, just say a sentence of something, anything. Uh, uh, the, ask, me, did, ask me a question. How was dinner? Dinner. <laughs> yeah. You do this all the time. Yeah. How was dinner? No, I'll, I remember, just, I'll just say one thing about dinner. When I first, yeah, isn't that like a sales tactic too? Can we it is, that somewhere? It, but I, I use it as a frustrating tactic mm. in my family and they're like, yeah, you know what I made for you? What you made for me. You do that actually quite a bit now that I think about it. You think about it? I didn't know it was a game. A game? I feel played. Played. <laughs> the other person can't stop talking though. That's like, there's so many ways to slice that where you can go, okay, I'm just going to get them frustrated or I'm just going to see where it goes or I'm going to see how many times they'll actually respond to me by me just saying one word. Every time. Remember when Can I get used, five responses out of you? You remember when you used to say dumb things and I would go, the leader of our company, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, all the time. I feel, like, feel like doing that now. Oh, okay. Well. He's a child. I, everybody's a little child. <laughs> if not, then you're just living a boring life. <laughs> Some more than others as I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I want, I do want to say this though, that yes, I have been trying to steer away from politics and part of that is intentional because politics, I did realize it was consuming me. So it wasn't just by coincidence that I was like, Hey, let's not make the next podcast about politics. Part of it was like, I just kind of like, don't want to talk about that. Unfortunately, it's going to intertwine everything we talk about. It really will. So, but it's also made me realize that it was, it was sort of like, um, seeping in deeper than I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is a palate cleanser of like the election is over and I need to go, what else is there? If Biden gets in, and I just to be clear, the election is not over. Have to check right? out a politics. Depends on who you ask, man. Most news media sources will now tell you, President elect. Isn't that kind of concerning too, though? Like the news media doesn't. Exactly. And that does makes me want to buy in less. Where I go, oh, it's just a giant circus. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, is how the rules will be played. And this could be a really historic one if it flips, and if it stays, then you know whatever. But I mean that that happened in 2000, where I mean they they named Al Gore. Winner, right mm-hmm. for 36 days 36 days and then they flipped it and i wonder if people were in the same boat i mean because that was 20 years ago i feel like it just wasn't as politically charged so i feel it, like it, it wasn't but it was like oh well i don't know who won do we care do we and care we probably relied more or what's the word we believed more in media then so when you know the what new york times came out and said oh he's the president-elect i'm sure people rightfully so were like oh he really is whereas now it's like you're an idiot if you believe the new york times <laughs> or the Washington Post, or the whoever, um, or CNN, or Fox. Now, I mean, everybody's like, I mean, you know how many how many oh, yeah. right wing people are like Fox is the only one to watch, and now they're like Fox is stupid. Oh yeah, but it, the weird thing is, is they literally turn their back on Fox over like I think because Fox called Arizona early, mm-hmm. and I get it, but I also go really that's that's what did it could ne- could it never should, have been a mistake? Should not have done that. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was that they tried to fight for it. Fox did. They were like, no, 
Arizona is Biden's. I think they fought for it. Yeah, they came out there and so they're like, let me qu- justify why. On the topic of not being political about everything. Like I said, it's going to be and everything. There's nothing you can do about it. I think you owe me some money for what? no states flipping. Oh, yeah. What was that? But it was You're right. You, you said. It. But you know what's interesting about that? I will say this. Okay. First mm-hmm. of all. Justified. Here we go. Yeah, Recreationally. Hope, recreational justification. Okay. I said they're red states. Let's go ahead and look on the map. And most of the state is red. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> if you're going to look by county, it's it's a red state. Okay. Now there's a few small counties, and yes, those make up the population, and those are blue. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go ahead and say that they that's turned. Uh, if you were going to draw it, a kid, and the, if they were looking at it, they would say that's red. Umbrella nah. umbrella context was electoral college votes. Oh, was it? And they definitely went blue. Okay. So, anyways, that's okay because I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself right here. You just didn't let me get to it because you're recreationally justifying. Okay. Well, I have so many other points in there. I, I know you do, there. and I just okay, I don't going. really want to hear them, so I'm going to move I'm gonna, right on. I'm going to put them out after you okay. say this. Anyway, so stop me. if you had to bet whether Trump was going to overturn this thing or not, how would you hmm. bet? Oh, double man. or nothing. I'm giving you the option double or nothing. Bet. I don't even know what the dollar amount was. I don't even so I'm about to lose either. Ten dollars or two hundred dollars. You're driving a new Defender, so I got a feeling it's a big bet. <laughs> okay. Oh, but was it that big? Okay. If you don't remember, I'm going big. Okay. Well, oh, man, I for some reason. Okay. Hmm. Let me clarify the question because uh-huh. do I think it's going to get overturned or do I think Trump actually won it and there was voter fraud? Overturned. I don't think it'll get overturned. Okay. So your bet is Biden will be president. Biden will be president, but I I, I think there was massive voter fraud, and I I think it's suspicious and i i think this will go down in history as like a mm, that we didn't feel good about that election mm-hmm. on, on the majority of people do you feel like if if he did win if trump overturned it and won and all of a sudden it was like psych democrats trump's in and then we got to watch the meltdown and the riots and then the dust settled and then the next four years was them just going he definitely didn't win would that taint it a little bit where you're like i think both sides it's controversial way. he got in yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of ruined already. Yeah, people felt that way with Bush when he got in. I was like, he didn't deserve that, you yeah. know. But then that was his first term, and then he served two. So mm-hmm. that was a little like, mm, I think it? it's pretty rare that the sitting president gets ousted. So this is kind of historic in that way, too. Yeah. I think like four. I mean, it would have been kind of cool if Trump had, this would have been, what would have been neat, if he finished the wall. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of sucks that he's leaving without finishing that. Mm-hmm. Um, just from something that he, like he built his whole campaign on, right? But if he finished that wall and just said, you know what, guys, I did four years, I accomplished a grip ton. You may or not, you may or may not have liked me. My rhetoric was a little crazy. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But I accomplished a lot in four years, and I'm out. You go mm-hmm. with whoever you want. And he just peaced out. Well, I think something that interesting that would have been cool. That would have been like a mic drop, which is like, you know, he went out on his own terms. Something mm-hmm. cool about that. I do think that he paved the way for. 2024 a little bit in in the sense that when you look at the exit polling the amount of like all the minority votes went up for him i don't think biden can win a second term no i don't think so either and i think that one thing prior to trump was that the gop was not going to win a presidency there was a good chance gop was like so unpopular they were never going to win for the next for like it our did election. seem like that you're right and yeah. now i feel like no, it's, it's a good chance yeah it's re-energized for sure you, you put some energy yeah i agree so there's a lot of good that came from it ben shapiro Dan Crenshaw, who else? Who could be president-elect? Uh, Ivanka Trump. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would vote for her. First woman president would be Ivanka Trump. Why would you not get on board with her? She's a smart Aren't you lady. supposed to be sexist as a Republican? Oh. What? No, that's not a thing. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, but let me go back to um, the uh, uh, 
the states here, and mm-hmm. and I understand you think uh, I lost that bet, but I but before I, I'm not trying to justify. I just wanted to point out something uh-huh. because if you look at and I understand still not all the ballot, uh, votes are counted in Oregon. Um, my wife's still like they haven't even counted mine. I don't understand how they're calling anything. And I go, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I don't know. They use some sort of maths, right? So if you look at California, I think it was like seventy to thirty percent, seventy percent Biden. 30% Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. If you look at Washington, it was pretty similar. Somewhere mm-hmm. in those, you know, like maybe 67, 32 or something like that. Um, and I understand they don't add up to 100 because there were other people in there. Okay, mm-hmm. Don't criticize me for math not adding up to 100. In Oregon, it's something like 40 to 52. Mm-hmm. That's pretty substantial. I mean, we're the closest. Yeah, yeah. 40 to 52, and there's 8% that was accounted for whatever. Which technically, I mean, like in political math that's a huge discrepancy but well when you but when you go down to the vote, when you go down to the votes and you go it was 980 to 1.3 million you go i don't know that's 300,000 people yeah. that's well, not that many and i guess i guess i would want to see Oregon's track record over time i know they used to be republican at some point i think i, I told you that conspiracy theory that somebody had yeah yeah you did actually that, that Oregon used to be um and i haven't looked this up so this is purely speculative again somebody else's conspiracy theory that tinfoil hat time yeah that if you want me to um get behind and defend i will before doing my research just mm-hmm. to create havoc <laughs> uh but they uh they used to be republican and then once they went turned to mail-in ballot they were forever democrat after that mm-hmm. and if there's any ring of truth to that that's kind of scary yeah isn't it well is it is it I think this has got to be the most mail in, mailed in ballot. I don't know how you want to say it. I don't know. It sounds like a very sexist term, mail in. Mm-hmm. Mail in ballot. Uh, oh. Could it be non gender ballot? <laughs> could could be. Nope. Don't don't assume my pronouns. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as far as a presidential campaign goes, I think this is the most like I think it was the most mail in because of coronavirus that there's ever been. Yeah, coronavirus was the reason. Yeah, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Tinfoil hats off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So now that we've, I don't know where we were at with changing minds, yada, yada. Now that, but let's pretend Biden won this thing and we're going to go with the mainstream media and then the thing comes out and he officially won. When does coronavirus go away? Oh, immediately. Imme- well, what does well, immediately mean? Because he doesn't even get in there until January 20th. Right. What's immediately in your mind? But just, I mean, so immediately that before it's even called, it's going to go away because didn't they come out with a vaccine today that was like, and they cure 90% of Yeah, lives. and somebody else I was talking to, they're like, I can't believe Trump's going to take credit for that. I, was like, I mean, I don't. he's the guy in office right now, isn't he? Well, didn't he, yeah, he not only is he in office, but didn't he literally divert federal funds to the company that created Yeah, that, that was said. That was said that um, he did. He did do that, and he put a lot of focus there. And, and then it happened. I, I hope that even if, you know, Trump, you know, he's supposedly out, and um, if we look back a couple years from now, hopefully we can give credit to go, mm-hmm. hey, he did do some great things. Can we just acknowledge he did some great things? Can yeah. people on both sides go, hey, he did really good things that he worked with left on. Criminal justice reform, I don't care who you are, you need to admit that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like the eight-year term would have would have sealed that in where the history books wouldn't paint him as just a bigot and a racist. They would have been like, okay, yeah, he had his upside, we get it. But I feel like the four-year term, unfortunately, made it to where it was like he, you know, that he he they're all excited he got kicked out and the energy is behind wow awesome he's out maybe now though maybe now um we've we've moved we went from an era of a lot of eight-year terms mm-hmm. because it was you know re-election year you know the incumbent stays and maybe we moved to a, a few four-year term people you know is that good though 
I don't. I, is it bad? I mean, it's a it's a change. I don't know if it. I, I think it's good. You know, you get uh, Trump in there for four years, then Biden. I, again, if he wins eight years, that would be really surprising to me. I think. It'd but be... you get four years in, then then we go four years Republican, four years. What if we just? Would you be open to this? Mm-hmm. Let's ask this question. Would you be open to? Uh, Four year, if we could just commit to this, and there's no more voting on, you know, the parties, but we just agree that, you know, what we're going to vote for the the Republican Party four years, and then the next four years you get we hand it over to the Democrats, they pick their best candidate, and the next four years you hand it over to the Republican, and then we just alternate every mm. every four years. Would you be open to that? That's no, a, I know we weren't trying to go there at all, but I'm just well, like, I I think that going back to the original scenario where it just naturally was more of a four year, you know, like a a few presidencies in just four-year term naturally not that we chose it that way who did that no i'm saying that's what you proposed You're like, oh i'm what, saying what, it's going to naturally yeah, happen i think about, so yeah at least for the next and three i think that that's bad because i think that so much of the well-being of the economy is based on psychology and i think a lot of that psychology is based on who's in president and i think presidency you know democrat or republican and i also think that when you have that many elections that are you know they're they're contested it's really bad things. I think that like really. But maybe they're not contested. Maybe that maybe that's where the compromise comes. If you rotate every four years, it doesn't it force you then to work more together. Isn't this just like a participation trophy? Like, oh, we all, hilarious! We all win. No, it's not winning Everybody because you still have turn. You vote for the dem the best Democrat. No, in that we need party. to go back to hierarchies. So, hey, listen, that is actually I'm the more I mention my idea, the more I'm liking it because here's why: you get rid of the electoral college. You have the popular vote that works for the best Democrat that you. You don't even get an option of a Republican. Why don't you we just, just get the option of a Democrat? And let's just pick half of their policies and half of ours and merge them together and be no, like, whoever the candidate is, you just, just has to do. Now two you're just things. being mean. <laughs> you're, not, you're, you're not entertaining what my idea. What happens when you mix blue and red? Is it like gray? Which is it's purple. The gray, Everybody purple? knows Sorry, it's purple. I don't man. know that. See, I'm not political. Yeah, every state that flips from only purple candidates. Yeah, you know. Anyway, I'm disappointed that you're not biting off of my idea that I feel like is a semi-decent idea. You've guaranteed me four years, every eight years of Democrat. I'm not biting off on that. But I, what you're missing the overarching point. I think people would have to work together more. If they well, did. I think what you'd actually see is what you're going to see right now, which is everything Trump, which we were like, yeah, he's doing this and he's making moves and executive orders right and left. It's just going to get undone. I don't think so. I think you're, you're to some extent, you're right, but I don't... It, Donald Trump didn't come in and undo every one of Obama's executive orders. But he did a lot of the big hot ticket ones like um, the climate, Kate, uh, pulling us out of the climate accord or whatever it was called. Okay, but that was in existence for a long time. That wasn't Obama's executive order. No, that's true. Uh, I'm I'm talking about executive orders that the president He took things that were important to them. And I'm not saying this is why he did it, but he took things that were important to that side and he was like, I'm going to take that away. And I got a feeling they'll do the same thing. They'll take all the things that we were like, really... I don't know. I have, a hard, I have a hard time believing that you're going to... Uh, I haven't seen this where a president comes in and undoes a lot of executive orders. Well, I don't know. I guess I'd have to research that more and go like case by case. But I and, the, know, and the only reason my executive orders were more prominent this four years, this last time around, is because Donald Trump is a showboat. He's a, uh, you know, a... a what do you call that? The TV reality TV star, mm-hmm. and he publicized every single one of right. his executive orders. Which kind of take this me, picture, you know, the signature, and we're gonna make a big deal about it. And which kind of made me sell out of him too. I'm like, okay, you're sending these like every week, man. What's uh-huh. this really doing? Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, dang, man, he's doing a ton. And then you look at what Obama did, and you're like, nah, it's not that much different. He signed like 40 signatures so <laughs> far. 
<laughs> Obama just didn't make a big deal about it. He just no. he just passed things through kind of I, quietly. I think tax reform is the big one. I think that is kind of, and I know that like a lot of Democrats go, oh my gosh, Republicans live and die by their tax reforms. And it's true, I do. But I do think that tax reform is where you would see the biggest business cycle fluctuations mm-hmm. if you had four year and four year constantly. Right. It would just but be But you like, can leave it up to the, that's where the states come into place though. You know what you'd see? You'd see the economy clam up for four years unnecessarily. No, and I then you'd see so. it go crazy. Again, you're missing the overarching point that they would have to work together. And then it comes down to the states. The states are really what regulate it. I mean, Oregon is anti-business, seems like. I mean, that's what their sign should be. Welcome to Oregon. We're anti-business. And, but the some of these other states, they're pro-business and it, it just puts the power back at the states more so than the higher level. Well, that I agree with. See? I Boom. Like you agree, agree with my idea. Yeah. Although everything you just said How is I get like that pitched? pro-compromise. Where, where do I even go? And where's pro-compromise Marshall in the rest of my life? You're just so pro-compromise right now. Let's oh, no. You Let's know, come together. I don't think, I don't like you putting me in a box, like I've said. <laughs> and somebody, I expect this level of compromise. Some, somebody else said to me that they're like, oh, you're turning over a new leaf. And I go, no, nope. Nope. You misunderstood whatever I said just a minute ago. You need to walk that back because I'm, I'm not turning over any new leaves or anything. The leaves are staying on their face. Yeah. Huh. Well, anyway, that's probably enough of us trying to change each other's minds. Uh, I guess the, the overarching point, are you willing to have your mind changed? I always hope to have my mind changed. Do you feel like you have to, do you feel like you're consciously walking about with, uh, with the idea of going I, I want my mind changed or I, i'm okay i'm okay with my mind being changed today i think i can I'm, i've realized through this election i'm able to close my mind off more than i thought and i have to make a more active effort now to go no i need to question everything no matter what it is turns out old people though slow and dangerous behind the wheel really can serve a purpose <laughs> that's, true. that's a quote I, i'm curious about you though i i about what? About changing your mind. Do you feel like that's something you consciously, actively search for each day or a week or month? I think I have to actively work on it. When you're put in a position of making decisions, you naturally feel like you have to be right. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm put in that position, and I am at work and I am at home in family life, and not just my immediate family, but some of my extended family, they just you know, they kind of look to me for answers sometimes. And so you feel like you have to have them. Mm-hmm. And when you feel like you have to have them, you have to have backing to it and conviction and feel like you're right. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, a lot of times it's harder for me to go, oh, I could be wrong. So a lot of it is in my head and going, okay, let, let me uh, evaluate my audience, evaluate mm-hmm. who I'm with and make sure if there's other people that have great input, I need to be open to that input. That's probably mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Because when you do make decisions, you don't want to be waffled waffly set of word i sometimes sure. make up words let's use waffly you don't want to be waffly in your decision right mm-hmm. and you don't want to be like okay this guy doesn't know how to make a decision you have to be concrete and you have to be you know convicted in it and so that's what happens a lot of times with me and then i don't get a challenger and so they mm-hmm. think i'm unwilling to change my mind but when i do get a challenger and you have to again recognize your audience and if it's somebody like you or somebody else that i i respect i would go okay maybe i'm not thinking about this right Mm-hmm. But if it's somebody that I, maybe I don't respect, that's where it gets hard. Or that's challenging you unnecessarily because they're entrenched. Yeah. And then you go, eh, I don't really want to hear that. Mm-hmm. Do I need to hear that? I don't know. That's I guess that's the part I struggle with. And I think it's the easiest thing these days to cast somebody aside because you go, ah, you're just entrenched. You couldn't change your mind anyway. And they don't want to waste their time on you. And it's like, I'm actually a lot more open than you think I am if you would just have that conversation. Yeah. Again, that's a trigger word for me. Like mm-hmm. when when people... 
you know, or say, accuse me of something like it's your way or the highway or I'm not changing your mind or it's Marshall, mm-hmm. you know, knows all. Uh, forget that. Mm-hmm. No. Like, let's talk about it. I, if you think that's the that's it, then and you have an opposing viewpoint that is, you know, rational. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that mm-hmm. because I definitely do want to hear that. So I would categorize myself as somebody who's willing to have their mind changed. I have had my mind changed mm-hmm. uh, on things. I'm willing to change my position on things as long as it's logical and makes sense and, you know, isn't just for the sake of changing it. I don't want to be a somebody, a flip-flopper. I am a person with convictions mm-hmm. and a person with conviction. I am not only a person with convictions, but I am a person that um, feels strongly about their convictions, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're not going to change my mind easy, unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, easily is probably not the right term, but unnecessarily. I also find that when you, there's a lot of like norms these days, and it's a lot political, a lot Democrat. There's a lot of norms these days that are off limits for debate. And that bugs me a lot. Yeah. Like Be- what? Like Donald Trump is a racist. Yeah. I See, and you know what I love? I love to lean into those things. Or when, conservatives are racist. That's when, one. When, when, you know, and my wife's the opposite of me. She'll, whenever an awkward I don't know if it's awkward, but just a situation arises where like politics are brought up. She's like, okay, I'm out. That's it. Button mm-hmm. up. She'll probably give me a kick underneath the table where I'm like, I'm about to lean into that and go, mm-hmm. oh, so you don't like talking about politics. What do you think about Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. Gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Give me, you know, I'm just going to go to the most controversial thing I think I can, yeah. because not because I'm necessarily opposed to everything that you're thinking. I just want to get inside your head and I want to have healthy, productive conversation. And hopefully, um, you know. Um, hopefully I'm willing to learn something as well. Yeah. Well, I think keeping things on limits is a good thing. And I think if you ever get the sense that somebody's like, well, that's not even open for debate. Well, that's ridiculous. Everything's open for debate. Everything. Give me be. one thing that's not open for debate. Uh, there is nothing. Yeah, there is. I mean, everything well, is open for debate. Yeah, I guess that's true because I was going to challenge your Christian views. Yeah, you are, I know. You, you would be open to that, I'm sure. You it's it's like, up for debate. I mean, in my mind, it's not. It's one singular truth, but... But it is open for debate in other people's minds. So mm-hmm. let's debate it, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is open for debate. My son says that all the time. I think as you consume more information, which naturally comes with age, you also have heard more sides of the argument than a person who's younger than you. And so you, as you get older, you've heard more, and there's less things that surprise you. Mm-hmm. So that can confirm your your Less view. things that surprise you and more experiences you've been through. Yeah. And as frustrating as that is in life, and I've gone through a few things where – I think I'm the shiznit in certain things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I remember somebody saying to me, they're like, just give it time and, and you'll understand. And that pissed me off. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, that's so stupid. How arrogant. And that's, I I do know what I'm talking about. And you're just, you're old and outdated. Mm -hmm. And that just really pissed me off. And then I I just thought about this like a couple days ago and I'm like, okay, that was five years ago. Holy crap. I'm kind of like getting his viewpoint. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've given it time. I've paused a little bit. I'm not so gung ho. And yeah, maybe I do see things from his perspective a little bit. And then then that kind of pissed me off too. Well, we can lump things in like when people go, well, you can't talk about that because you're not a woman or you're not a a person of color. You're not a gay person, right? You should be able to talk about everything. And so you and I go, well, that's ridiculous because we're all people. But there is something about age. Age, Mm -hmm. like when they go, you're too young. And even though I don't agree with that methodology of just going, you're too young, I also go, yeah, there is something that age will change. Well, I think there's respect that needs to be given. We should be able to talk about everything. I should Mm -hmm. be able to talk about, you know, whether they have more experience in age, it's great. I should be able to talk about race and sexuality and all that. Now, they're going to have different experiences than me and probably have some firsthand knowledge on some things Mm -hmm. that I can't speak to because I can't change my sex nor my 
despite what some people think. I can't change my sex, nor can I change my race. But I should still be able to speak to some things. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, in fairness, like, sex and race, gender and all that, that has nothing to do with your level of competence. You're just a person. Mm -hmm. Age could equate to more competence. You've been around the block. Yeah, more experiences. And you know what? It's kind of exciting. The more respect you give to age, the more exciting it is for you. Instead of looking at age, which I used to ever since I was 23, um, you look at age as like, this is terrible, and I don't want to age. And I remember on very distinctly on my 23rd birthday, just going, I'm getting older. And everybody goes, 23, that's a weird number, but I, I just didn't want to get older. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, you're like, no, I'm getting wiser. Like, I've been around the block. I've Now, I, I have some things to throw under my belt. Now, guess what I got to throw in there? A pandemic. Mm. I, get, I get to throw in a fraud election. I get to throw down, um, you know, the most crazy president we've ever had. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's a lot of things I get to throw under my belt and my notch. And yeah, maybe my son gets to as well, but the memories aren't quite the same because I was a different place in my life where I was able to make a decision. He didn't get a vote. So I made the decision. He didn't. And so there's a lot of experiences that I have now that I'm like, yeah, this is exciting. I've been mm -hmm. through a lot mm -hmm. and now I can speak to it. Well, and, and knock on with it, 2020 is hopefully one of the worst years of our life. I hope that there's not too It's indisputable. We said the things that we're not changing our mind on, that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Excuse you. But that being said... Is that a hiccup? What was that? I don't know. It just came out of nowhere. It's with age. Comes with age. Comes with age. Indigestion. Well, when you're 45, yeah, you get that. <laughs> but I think... Is that what you are now? 46. Knock on wood that 2020 is the worst year in my lifetime. Um, at least you have that compared to... We can beat that in 2021. Yeah, you can look back and no matter what's happening, you know, when my son, who's at this point five months old, when he's 10 and he's like, this is the worst thing ever, I'll be like, not compared to 2020. You, well, let me tell you about that. Your, your son was born in 2020. Mm -hmm. You know what the nice part about that is it's so easy to calculate age. When he's 2030, how old is he? 10 years old. Right. It's so, so yeah. freaking easy. That's true. One yeah. of my kids was born in 2010 and I go, oh, it's great. 2020 is 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Some of my other kids are born in, I don't know what year, but an off year, like five and seven and like when you're calculating those ages it's always harder that is then now the only good thing i can think of about him being born see you're welcome for see, the so ultimate justifier i was sitting in the hospital and the world was burning around me and i was like <laughs> i made a terrible mistake <laughs> i remember that i think that's on our podcast right? oh yeah this was the worst decision i was pissed at everyone and everything all right well so the, the ultimate conclusion is I'm willing to have my mind changed. I have had my mind changed. I'm okay with it. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but we're, I'm willing to. And, and same. Same here. And everybody else needs to be open to changing their mind. Even if Donald Trump somehow wins this election, we all need to be okay with that. If Biden uh, and holds true, then we need to be okay with that too, right? Yep. I'll All right. It. Well, email us if you have any thoughts. Marshall at two opinionaguys.com or Aaron at two opinionaguys.com. See, I got it out super quick so I didn't have to mess it oh, up. Wine that beer. Boom. Wine, you know, wine just makes me feel better. Beer just makes me feel sick. More articulate for sure. Oh, was it? Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's a win. Toast to that. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.